All right, all right, all right. I call to order the Devil's Lettuce Film Society. Meeting once again. This is a podcast that serves as a series of commentary tracks where we invite you to get high with us and watch a movie with us. I am the Shaman. With me as always, my co-host, El Pinchito. Meow. Ah, yeah. We're back. We're back. And joining us, of course, is a lovely peanut gallery of viewers. We love you all. Aw, yeah. We got an audience. Yeah, yeah. peanut gallery. (laughs) That's right. And since it's October and it's kind of, we're going for something kind of spooky, kind of weird, we're going to be watching The Cell from the year 2000, directed by Tarsum Singh, starring Jennifer Lopez, Vince Vaughn. (laughs) And Vincent D'Onofrio. I always forget that Vince Vaughn is in this. Uh, one of his non-comedic roles. An early non-comedic role from him. Huh. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no? Like, he's one of the main characters. <laughs> Man, I was so young when this came out. And I remember back then being like, this is a... It wasn't It wasn't scary. It was just, like, very strange, right? It like, was weird. It was surreal. And uh, I certainly remember, like, all the... All the goths at my high school loved it. Everybody was talking about The Cell. And uh, I actually haven't seen it since the year 2000. So this is going to be a trip. And I got a, I got a funny story that I can even tell about the last time I watched it. But I'll, I'll wait till we get into it to, to tell you about the last time I watched The Cell all of 23 years ago. Um, but Pinchy... Uh, what are you partaking in this evening? Oh, man, I'm partaking in a peanut gallery favorite tonight. Oh, is it, is it Super Silver Haze? Hey! Ooh, a classic. <laughs> a classic. It's probably one of our all-time favorites. I think it tried. really is. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, the other option was to try to smoke the 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 plant I had been growing on my own for a while right. that I was gifted. Mork. Yeah, Mork. <laughs> did you harvest Mork? I did harvest Mork, and I'm not sure how good of a job I did, and I don't know if Mork got too ripe, and so there was a risk that I wouldn't speak at all, and so I wasn't going to take that risk today. Oh, you haven't tried Mork yet, No, though. I haven't tried Mork yet. Well, that's exciting. Uh, perhaps for a future installment of the Devil's Lettuce Film Society, we can we can see what Mork has to offer. Right. Uh, I'm actually going to be partaking in some of my batch that I grew this year. Oh I'm yeah, having some Blue Dream. Oh, Blue Dream is my probably one of my favorite strains. It's a good one, um, and I grew a great big plant of it. Oh, did you? So, I did. A sativa-dominant hybrid strain made by crossing blueberry with haze produces a balanced high along with effects such as cerebral stimulation and full-body relaxation. And uh, let me tell you, that's very true. I've already taken this batch for a test run now that it's cured, and it makes me very chatty indeed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Man, I feel like, have I commented before on just how ridiculous strain names are? I'm looking at the Leafly page on Blue Dream, and it says, Strains similar to Blue Dream include Double Dream and Blue Magoo. 
<laughs> well, are you making that up? <laughs> are you high? <laughs> not a real thing. Did you name this while you were high? I, I think the answer is a resounding yes across the board. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking back on the the super silver haze strain on Leafly as well, and like, man, so good, energetic, uplifted, creative. You know, all the all the all the favorites. But we've been doing this long enough now that I feel like we just end up repeating ourselves and and to to a degree where it's like, I don't know, uh, gives you dry mouth, dry eye that makes you kind of paranoid. But, uh, you know, it's good for feeling creative and some people use it for stress. Uh, hey, you know what? I can tell you the terpenes that are in Blue Dream. Is it Limone? Not Limone. Myrcene. Uh, which which has a it's a very common cannabis terpene that gives a herbal earthy scent, uh, pineine, which is of course pine, and carophyllene, which gives it a kind of a peppery flavor. Oh yeah. There you go. But no limone. No limone. Alas. No limone. Not oh. this time. Well, did you know that Super Silver Haze has limone? Does it now? It does. Just yet another reason that we love it, because we get to say Limone. Yeah, the uh, Super Silver Haze Terpenes, Myrcene. Yeah, that's the one that I got as well. I guess that's just like a really common one yeah. in weed. Yeah, most common terpene found in cannabis has an earthy scent. And then there's Cariophyllene. It's another one that's included. That's the peppery one. Yeah, it's the peppery one. And then Limone. <laughs> limone, which I'm, is just lemony, right? Yeah, it's, it's lemonine, but it's Limone. Limone. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. So, I mean, should, should we, we light up and, and just launch into this movie? Yeah, I think we just kick it off, man. I think, I, I think I'm, I'm really excited to watch this again because I just haven't seen it in so long. Yeah, let's get weird. Let's go so here, weird. Let's get weird. So here we weird. go. The Cell from the year 2000, directed by Tarson Singh. I'm going to count down three, two, one, play. When I say play, hit play on your copy at home. Three, two, one, play. I feel like the cell is just not a great name for a movie like this, you know? Yeah. It's it's kind of a you know it's kind of a proto inception now that I think about it, because they're they're going they're using like special suits to go into the mind of a serial killer. It's got a, a similar sort of mind heist thing. out it was just so unlike anything i'd ever seen before and this is well before i you know had any concept of how what what was what a good weird thing was and over the years it just became more and more clear how good this movie actually is yeah i'm this one of the reasons i'm curious to revisit this is 
I'm wondering, like, is this a good weird thing? I really do like Tarsim Singh. Uh, I, before we started recording, I had shown the trailer for his movie The Fall, which I think is just fantastic. It's a great script. It looks really cool. He's he's great with these visuals. But is it all style and no substance? I mean, we'll find out. Oh, so here's the story of the last time I watched this. Oh, I just want to note, Dean Norris in the credits I see here. Uh, Hank from Breaking Bad is going to pop up at some point. So, um... I try not to dox myself on this show. Don't use my real name or anything like that, but I'm going to give you a bit of background information on me. People might be able to find out who I am. Um, I went to one year of high school at a private school in Stratford, Ontario. I was a theater kid, and the appeal of this school was that the students got to see all the plays in the Stratford Festival, and so I went. It was an okay year. I mean, I met my future wife there. It worked out pretty well. But uh, the school was predominantly Baha'i. you familiar with the Baha'i religion? No. What's Baha'i? Unity and diversity. I mean, I, I don't know really how to describe it. Um, you know, they got a prophet and they do prayers and a lot of... Uh, it, a lot of it is about just sort of like attracting people to the Baha'i faith and they have big conferences and conventions and things. Um, it, how sad is it that I went to a school with all these Baha'is and I really don't even have that much to say about it. But I will say that uh, the members of the Baha'i faith, they don't drink. They're really not like they don't do any any vices like that. They don't smoke the marijuana. Um so all my friends there, uh, we lived in a dorm and there was a curfew, but on the weekends, we would sneak out after curfew to be, you know, teenage hoodlums, except they're Baha'is. So being a teenage hoodlum means like going and buying the, the one liter Slurpee from 7-Eleven at midnight. Um, <laughs> so we do. Scandalous. And so one of the things that we did is we all got gigantic Slurpees and cigars because they're allowed to smoke they're not allowed to drink but they're allowed to smoke so we got cigars and slurpees and then we went to one of their apartments and we watched the cell <laughs> and that was it that was our crazy night out <laughs> we even there there was there was even an element of like it's a crazy night out because those of us who lived in the dorm had to sneak out and uh one of our friends robin the only one of us who had a car He'd drive by the dorm at an appointed time, but he wouldn't stop. He'd slow down and throw open the back door, and we had to run across the soccer pitch and dive into the back of his moving vehicle to go drink Slurpees and watch The Cell. Oh my god. That's amazing. And that's the last time I saw this. So we'll see if it holds up. How could it? Where one of our peanut gallery members, I think, is like ordering fast food at a restaurant. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up this Baha'i situation you were talking about because I've never heard of this religion ever. It's a Persian religion, 
Um, I mean, like I know I know a lot of Baha'is, and and in concept anyway, I don't have anything against religion, but uh, uh, I will say that from my experience, it seemed like really what a lot of the Baha'i people wanted to do is to get uh, ladies to marry Persian men, and then have Baha'i babies. Okay. Wow. Their prophet is called the Bob. <laughs> Religion strikes again. Now, I feel like Gary Oldman wore one of these outfits in Bram Stoker's Dracula, didn't he? Like, right at the beginning? I knew... One person in high school whose parents identified as Baha'i, and they were totally dope-smoking hippies. Interesting. <laughs> it's a very, like, sort of relaxed as far as religions go. Like, I don't think I could have handled going to, like, Catholic school, personally. But, uh, but you know, a lot of my friends growing up were Baha'i. They're nice folks. The thing is, though, when you grow up going to Catholic school, you had no idea that there was another way. <laughs> Fair. Man, how old do you think this kid is now? I was going to say, at least in our Catholic school, there was a world religions class. Oh, yeah? Once. <laughs> in the I 11th grade. Yeah, in the 11th grade. <laughs> I feel like this was a pretty early, like, blockbuster breakout for J-Lo, wasn't it? Because I know that she did that one, Selena, and that was, like, her... I think that was her debut. That just looks like a, an alarm panel. Spray-painted gold on the wall. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. She was in Anaconda before this. Wait a second, hold on. Did he just say that your interaction with my son was a hallucination, which undeniably it was, because that's what this whole invention is supposed to do, allow you to like interface with somebody and like- Link your brain. Yeah, link I your think, brain. I, I think, think he was, was implying that she didn't actually interface with his brain and she just hallucinated their interaction because it didn't seem to have an effect, I think. That's right, folks. It's Kingpin. Did this come out around the same time? No, as as uh, Silence of the Lambs. No, this is like a decade later. Silence of the Lambs was right at the start of the nineties. 
when this came out, it was around the time that I started watching, like, those type of horror movies. Like, Silent Well, yeah, I know that you're a big fan of, like, The House on Haunted Hill and 13 Ghosts. Yeah, 13 Ghosts, one of my favorites. And I feel like both of those were, like, on either side. House on Haunted Hill was, like, two years before this, and then 13 Ghosts was, like, two years after. I don't, so I, I've never, I can't remember actually watching House on Haunted Hill. Oh, wait, that's... Are you, th- are you, because Cabin in the Woods I loved, but that was way later. No, no, we watched House on Haunted Hill together. It's got really? Jeffrey Rush and Pam Jansen. It's from 1998. I don't know why it's not coming up to my brain. But, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're in the right time frame, though, because, like, around that time it was, like, you know, like, Scream had come out, and, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer came out, and, like, that's when I, I was old enough to, like, start watching scary movies. And then by the time I was through, like, mainstream whatever the hell was coming out, I started moving into, like, like uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, so, like, the there was the slasher boom in the mid-90s, thanks to Scream, and you got all the knockoffs, like you said, like, I know what you did last summer, and then, like, Valentine's Day and Urban Legend, um, and then after that was this whole era of, like, I, I want to call them, like, music video horror, like, they're really flashy and sort of look like music videos, and that's where you get stuff like 13 Ghosts and, uh, House on Haunted Hill, and all of those ones were made by this production company called Dark Castle, and their whole thing was remaking old black and white horror movies by William Castle. So, like, House of Wax was another one by them. And yeah, like, I think 13 Ghosts is probably their biggest one. I mean, the set design, man. The set design. There's also, I kind of feel like, a level of existential horror about this in terms of a privacy perspective. Like, if someone could just come and walk around your brain. That's sort of what they're talking about now. Are they? A little bit. Maybe it's smart of the film to, like just sort of focus on this one particular mind melding program but i can't help but wonder about like the grander world of this movie like if they have the technology to do this like mind melding thing there must be other unusual advances in the world of this film if they've already got it to the point where they're actively doing it, you know? Even if it's only this one facility doing it, it's clearly a functional technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Smoke in the reefer! I did not expect that. Hey, Smoke of the Devil's Lettuce with a candy-colored iMac. Wow! In her underpants. Butts, 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 and kitties. 
Aw, it looks like my cat. And kitty butts, and kitty butts. <laughs> That's interesting. The the horse she was riding in the beginning is there on that piece of art on her wall. Oh, was it? I totally missed that. Yeah. I mean, I guess if nothing else, this movie, we know, is very clever on a visual level. It is! It is! Is she a waterbed? I guess so. <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, I know what movie she's watching. That's Fantastic Planet. <laughs> I love that you know what movie that is. Yeah, you can tell right away. Looks like Terry Gilliam art. That's a very weird movie mm. to watch. Uh, I think they're watching it because I, I, I'm pretty sure it's public domain. So that's probably why she's watching it. It's on public Whoa, domain. Oh, her bed became a desert. Oh my god. So, like, is she? Are like, where is she going? In the same world? Like, is the dream world <laughs> essentially the world she's accessing? What's in her mind, right? Well, I mean, this is the argument. Is there? Is the dream world in your mind, or is it somewhere else? It's in the Matrix. Hey, what what was it about the the turn of the millennium that made us all wonder about the brain in the jar? Uh, I don't know. What thing? What thing? Millennium brain in the jar. You know, like the Matrix, the cell, the thirteenth floor. These were all turn of the millennium properties that were all about like projecting our minds into digital space. Maybe it was just the fact that the year 2000 is a real neat futuristic number. Is a really neat futuristic what? Number. Number. Yeah. I mean, it's totally arbitrary. That wasn't actually the year. The year 2000 from what point? This is nonsense. We know that the calendars have been messed around with so many times over the millennia that it's a completely arbitrary number, really. But it sounds neat. Sounds like the reasoning of somebody who went to a high school to me. Why I oughta? You don't usually get so obvious of a penis to train metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> what? It didn't go into a tunnel, it's though. Absolutely right. <laughs> you get like you know the, the joke is like it's a rocket ship blasting off or a train yeah. going through a tunnel or whatever. But it's and, a penis. Well, Wait, for like just... yeah, yeah. And this I mean, one is actually exactly that. <laughs> oh, Man, there he, he is. Ever, did he ever have Agent hair? Ah. Did he ever what? Have hair? Have hair? Yeah. He's looked like that, like he's gotten a bit more uh, bulldogish with the the wrinkles on his face, but he's basically looked like this for you know twenty five years or more. But this is the thing, much like Jennifer Lopez, right? Like there are some people that just like 
don't really age. It's fascinating. I think he had a bit of hair in Total Recall. <laughs> oh yeah, he might have, but you know, that could like have been makeup because he also had all that, all those prosthetics on his face. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm thinking. Sorry, Starship Troopers. He had a, he had a bit of. Oh yeah. But like, yeah. When Mako really. almost completely bald at 25, they look like 35. So then they just stay uh, 35 for 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Criminal profilers. I can't take him seriously. <laughs> Good thing this came out before his funny stuff. Yeah. Because, like, looking at it now, I just, it's, I, like, you silly, silly goose. What are you doing playing serious? Before this, he was in Jurassic Park 2. Oh, yeah. That was before this? Yeah. That was 97. He was, like, in everything for five minutes around this time. It was, like, mid-90s until about 2006 or 7. And, yeah, right after this, he had a streak of comedies. How much longer after this did, like, Seven come out? Seven was before this. Seven was before this. Was before this. No fucking way. Wow. Because I was getting a lot of like, oh, this must have inspired Seven quite a bit vibes. And no. Other way around, in I, fact. I liked her writer because I was wondering how close together they were. I, I knew Seven was before, though. Which oh, you got that vibe too, eh? Yep. Just waiting for some CSI intro to kick off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy looks like Tim Roth. He does. Baby Tim Roth. Mm -hmm. Like Tim, Bro Tim Roth's, you know, cousin. So that's not Tim Roth. It's not. No, it's this guy, Jake Weber. And uh, I'm looking at his filmography, and I think the most famous thing he was in besides this was the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah.
That dog's in on it. Yeah. This is why I have cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what a lot. I've always said. You can't trust dogs. Yeah, I was like... Look at that giant laptop. Things like a phone book. Man, it's crazy how far we've come. Oh, yeah. Never crossed my mind before, but this seems like seven. We were, so, yeah, just, we were talking talking about <laughs> just talking about that. Just said that. It's so much like seven, and it's. Uh... It's like seven, and then halfway through it becomes Inception. Mm-hmm. Inception's a good movie. <laughs> so far, everything seems too clean or bright to be seven. Seven, everything always seems dirty. Yeah. Seven, seven was way more somber. Like seven was. Like, it was always raining in seven. Washed yes. out, raining, gritty. Really? Hey, hey, but you know, hey, watch, watch me loop it back around. Uh, we noticed that that the fall from the same director was produced by David Fincher, who directed seven. Yeah. Clearly on the same wavelength to some degree. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, the cinematography is very simple. Like, the shots are very simple. Yeah, these shadowy rooms. And they're inside. It's never well lit. There seems to be a thing where it's like... uh, Guaranteed four degrees of separation from David Fincher artistically. Like, any artist that works with David Fincher or works with that person that worked with David Fincher is always a hit. Like... David Fincher, Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor, this director. I don't know, man. What other David Fincher movies are there? Fight Club. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, amazing movie. Amazing movie where actually probably one of the few stories I have ever experienced in my life that was better in movie format than book format. Hmm. David Fincher also did Zodiac, and you know, 
This is, I think, actually kind of closer in style to Zodiac than Seven. Like, you know, as we said, Seven is very, uh, you know, dark and rainy and grimy. But Zodiac has like those those daytime scenes. I've never seen Zodiac. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah, we should add that to the list. That's a that's a, something we should watch. Someone doesn't. Someone in the peanut gallery doesn't like Zodiac. Apparently. Apparently. My least favorite adventure movie. Really? You pref you you like that less than the the bi curious case of Benjamin Butthole? <laughs> <laughs> it's more entertaining than Zodiac. Zodiac is like two and a half hours of nothing. Like really nothing. It's slow burn. Tension. I mean, that's kind of the story. What is going on here in this movie? The serial killer is opening his like kitchen cupboards and freaking out. Sugar water. I was looking for sugar water. <laughs> sugar water. Sugar water. Well, with all that suspension he's doing, the skin really is hanging off his bones. <laughs> Give me sugar. And water. And water. I forgot like how much time they spend on the setup for getting the serial killer before they do the whole thing where they have to go into his mind to find out where his last victim is being held. Like we haven't we've it's a half hour in we haven't even gone into the serial killer's mind yet. Yeah, we've only been in the kid's mind. Which, yeah, the weird, the weird flipper kid. Yeah, the weird flipper kid. <laughs> what was the kid's background again or story? I didn't. It was something about a seal. He was attacked by seals on a beach, and is in a coma. Oh, that's a weird way to get in a coma. Seals on a beach. Loose seals. Loose seals. <laughs> I'm not afraid of this. Vince, Vince Vaughn trying to be tough just doesn't really work. Well, wasn't he in uh, the se season two of True Detective where he, he was. was more like jaded tough? Like like funny jaded tough? I can't really maybe remember. He just, maybe he just needed to be older for me to take him seriously. Maybe. Ageist. 
Yeah, I've officially reached that age. <laughs> Uh, that bird is called a booby, I believe. And wait, how did they catch him? How did they find him? Uh, it was the dog hair that they found on a corpse, I believe, because he has a unique dog. Oh, okay. That's all right. He has like an albino German shepherd, I think they said. Right. And the dog was in on it. And the dog was in on yeah. it. Yeah. They caught some real serial killers like that. Oh yeah. Not from not from dog hairs, but like there was a dude they caught because like one of his wife's hairs got onto a body, and she was like, they actually lived like way far away. Huh. So it's like. It was, like, legit that they could have done that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Moral of the story, don't do a murder. Don't You'll probably do get caught. Clearly, the only solution that is humanly possible is to strap Jennifer Lopez in a suit and project her into the serial killer's mind. Obviously. There's literally nothing else that we can do. Yeah, that's it. Our only option. There's gotta be Jennifer Lopez. Like, there's... That's it. <laughs> Oh, right. They want in his head so that they can find the girl. That girl that we saw locked in the box? Yeah. Yeah.
but they're running out of time. They just need to get it done. No time to explain this <laughs> until we get there. Unless we find her by tonight. Would you want another 10 minutes of ex exposition connecting the dots? <laughs> I just, you know. Let's make it 45, 50 minutes before we see the technology the movie's about. I mean, it would have been as simple as having that doctor in a room earlier in the film with, like, the other doctors. Or he's just really good friends with J-Lo already. It's his roommate. What are you working on? Ah, uh, you know, tracking another serial killer. What are you working on these days? Projecting my mind into the brain of a small child. Wow. <laughs> You know, I think maybe the movie Dreamscape did this premise better. This movie what? Uh, uh, am I the only person here who's seen Dreamscape with Dennis Quaid? Yeah, I know I'm not because I watched it not long ago. <laughs> it's not too late to switch movies. <laughs> we need you to earn that trust now look we're running out of time the audience paid to see some weird shit now deliver why don't they just leave this running to help convince them to do it faster. <laughs> they accidentally set it to the TV's screensaver and then they couldn't figure out how to make it stop. Yeah, sorry, it's, it's just gonna be like that for a bit. <laughs> do you need to take a break? We have a TV in the other room that's bigger, that's playing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula suits. We're going to wrap you in cold cuts. Oh, that's where Lady Gaga got the inspiration for this. Uh, yeah. Have any of you seen Hunters? No. No. Oh. All right, guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I have. He's great in it. Um, yeah. Terrible. Terrible, but great. Like terribly great. Terribly great. Or greatly terrible. Here's your USB drive. Yeah, they try to put it in and then get it wrong. They have to turn it over and put it in. It still doesn't work.
all of this is scientifically sound, right? We just got the full rundown. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, the full 15-second rundown. And we just don't want to look at you, so we're going to put this cloth or napkin on your face. We printed a circuit board on the napkin, so it'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> it's the napkin of the future. <laughs> we don't find out why are they just suspended in midair? No, they're... Oh, right. Look at that. She was saying it's uh, to feel floatless, uh, to feel weightless, like you're floating in water. And uh, Minority Report recently came out where they had guys floating in water. Yeah. So they couldn't just copy it. They couldn't. <laughs> I'd love it if they cut back to, you know, J-Lo and Vince Vaughn during this thing and they're like running and flailing around in the air and... <laughs> Oh, man! Oh, here we go. This is what happens when you smoke DMT. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so many dolls. Beginning of mini Trump. Run by a priest. Yeah. Well, like, the question is, like, oh, are we in a me memory or a dream? That was a really cool shot. We. <laughs> Hairy legs. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, man. I think the, the dream sequences with the serial killer were by far, like, just some of the just... I mean, this is what we came here for. This is This is why you buy the ticket. Hello, yes, I would like one exploration of subconscious space. Sub and unconscious space. That hallway looked like the, the from Farscape, Moya. Yeah. Whee! Whee! <laughs> that was some microcosmos footage mixed in. Did you know that Everything looks cool in slow-mo. That sure did. <laughs> Pooping might not. Be interesting. <laughs> yeah, cool might not be the word. Cool may not be the word. Fascinating. Intriguing. I'm down to find out. <laughs> Come around around 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> so regular. <laughs> Coming soon as a bonus episode of this podcast. <laughs> 30 second episode. No! <laughs> 30 seconds? That's way too fast. This is a missed opportunity from FDR American Badass. Uh, call back. Slow it down. Slow it down for FDR American Badass. Nothing like pooping into a jar. Way funnier than it was way funnier. <laughs> it's one of the early like devil's lettuces to size to size. Look at all those stairs. Take forever to get anywhere, man. 
hate it when that happens. This is why I could never do this this mind infiltration thing that J Lo was doing. I'd come to those stairs and be like, "Forget it, <laughs> forget it. I'll just stay here." <laughs> is there an elevator to the next memory? Yeah, really. Don't be afraid of this anhorse. This is the scene that I I remember most vividly. Oof. Ah, that was an art exhibit, wasn't it? Yeah, this is this is like body worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Gunther von Hagens, eat your heart out. <laughs> That's awful. Oh man. Has anybody been watching the latest season of Foundation? <laughs> yeah. Good segue. <laughs> I feel so much less disturbed now. What the actual fuck is happening? It's somehow still alive, but segmented. Oh, look at that MTV camera work there, that weird little move. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Playing around with speed ramping. Or your graphic card's just overheated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, she wandered into a Nine Inch Nails music video. Weird. So weird. Like Pyramid Head's mom. (laughs) 
his pyramid head. He can't see anything from the waist up. I didn't think pyramid head had those kind of boobs. It's all covered by the pyramid. I feel like all the questions you're asking are answered by the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this imagery is undeniably striking. That's a pretty crazy shot. It's bananas. Like, fuck. Oh, no, no, don't get up for me. I just needed to borrow a pencil. Do you have any idea how long it takes to reset that? <laughs> <laughs> Cool. The end. So, are so it those didn't like, work. So these are the questions I have. Is this his head? Is this her head? Are they in a different place altogether, populated by their demons and parts of their personality? Where, where are we? According to the movie's own science, she's going into his head. But... Yeah, no, she's going into his head because she needs the information about where that woman is. Right. Mm -hmm. Trying to retrieve that. But how does she get knocked unconscious if she's in like a simulated dream world? I, I have a feeling that if we ask too many questions, it will fall apart very quickly. No! <laughs> if she dies in the simulated dream world, does she die a real death? <laughs> I'm sure it's a good question. Betty Krugerwolf? You were wondering if this movie is actually like. Somebody had an idea for a whole bunch of tableaus and they created an overarching plot line to just fit all these tableaus into these scenes where they could do anything like, you know, going into the brain of random person X or serial killer X in this case. Yeah, like they, they had the, the first third of a script that gets the setup where they're tracking the serial killer and then they got to go into his brain and then... They just let the director go crazy with the middle part where it's like, and anything you can think of, we'll just make that happen. Just whatever you can come up with. All right. I would like to point out they did just confirm that if you die in the dream, you die for real. Oh, oh. there we go. <laughs> it seems like extensively experimented. Whenever that is the case with some VR thing, I'm like, it seems just like a terrible idea. Can we remove that feature somehow? <laughs> It's yeah. too real. He was saying something about how it's too real and your brain would would like freak out if you died in the dream world and it would cause you to actually die. I'm pretty sure I have died in a dream before and I'm just fine. Unless this is a dream. <laughs> you just woke up in another dream. This is her seal bub. <laughs> Poor child who fell into a coma during a tragic seal accident. Lucille! <laughs> it was a Lucille!
I like how, you know, the inside of this kid's mind is like this, this barren desert with a gnarled tree in the middle of it. And then inside the serial killer's mind, it's like a grimy industrial basement with, with corpse puppets everywhere. And all I'm thinking is like, pretty sure most of my mind's sub-basement is just like movie trivia. She goes into my mind and it's all like cardboard standees of B-movie icons. And there's a whole section that's just set up like a video rental store. Every door that she opens is another movie theater playing a different movie. Exactly, yeah. It's just different movies, every theater. You don't understand. His mind's gotten trapped in a preview loop. He never gets to the main feature. <laughs> it's Groundhog Day. So watching this, I can't, I, I was looking it up. I can't find any information on it. But I would put good money on this role not being, like Vince Vaughn was like the fifth choice for this role and they wanted someone else for this that that so i i would put money on that being the case and if i had to guess here's my theory i bet their first pick was probably david duchovny oh shit this is x-files time yeah yeah criminal profiler look at him doing this deadpan thing he's wearing the suit he was working for the feds He's tracking a serial killer, but he's going to do a sci-fi thing. He's going to do a sci-fi thing. I'm convinced. As you were saying the sentence before you said David Duchovny, I, I, that's who I was picturing. I'm telling you. Just from right there, the way he wears his suit. Who is that? Edward Norton. Edward Norton, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I can see that for sure. For the time period, probably to me. I don't know. Maybe. No, Norton. I mean, Norton did Fight Club the year before this. I think. I think you're onto something there as well. I bet they were both in the running, and then they. Norton was probably working on Fight Club. Duchovny was probably busy with the X Files, and so they're like, "Who else can we get?" Vince Vaughn. <laughs> that that guy from The Lost World. He'd been in that movie with, um, I was called like Swingers. That was it, right? Yeah. That was early. 90s. Yeah, that was his. That was his breakout head. It was him and John Favreau, wasn't Favreau, it? Oh yeah. My God. I think they both wrote it and directed it. I'm not sure. His California was wild before this. Yeah, 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 okay, but like, let's get back to the crazy stuff, right? Like, this stuff might work if their characters were just a bit more interesting. Like, ah, oh, you know, she's, she's not prepared, but she's stoic. Well, next time tell me, up here. <laughs> I didn't want to disturb you. So 
Wow, he's con- able to convince her to go back in. Whoever would have thought that's would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was saying before, you know, I just, I find it interesting that this tech, like, they've got this down. This isn't even very experimental. It seems like, like, this is just a thing that they do. It makes me wonder about what other sci-fi tech exists in the world of this movie that we're just not going to see. Like, is that, like, do you think this is supposed to be set in 2000? Or is this, like, the not-too-distant future from the millennium? I'm going to go with plausible future. Plausible near future. Mm-hmm. But nothing else is advanced. Next Sunday AD. Next Sunday AD. Except this is the dream. <laughs> Got all tiny. Distances are weird in dreams. They are weird in dreams. I had one of those annoying dreams the other night where I was trying to read stuff and I couldn't read any damn thing in the dream. It was yeah. really frustrating. I forgot your glasses. No, it was just all garbledygook. But for some reason, dreaming me didn't have the good sense to be like, oh, this is a dream. Instead, Instead I, just I just got, got annoyed. annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, that resonates. I get annoyed when I try to read things in dreams and it doesn't happen. And then I usually clue in that, like, uh, I'm dreaming and I should wake up. Yeah, see, I didn't get to that point. I was just getting frustrated. <laughs> Man, the mime experience. You know what dreams I particularly do not enjoy are driving dreams. The oh, brakes never work dreams. completely. It's evocative of, like, alien, that shot. Yeah. Yeah, it feels very Geiger. Literally just said, this is some Geiger shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did. And you know, like, it, I, I am also seeing probably uh, influences in p- previous Devil's Lettuce movies, like we mentioned The Holy Mountain. I feel like some of this stuff, uh, maybe Brazil as well, bit of influence on it.
Ah, puppy. <laughs> Man, this must have been a pain in the ass to shoot. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it was really easy because you don't have to worry about continuity as much. I mean, just like having to like rig people up and lots of yeah. Rigging. There's a lot of like, weird rigging. wire work. It seems. Rigging is hard, along with, uh, I don't know, there was another part that I'm distracted by now. Oh, right, the guy, the guy, curtain man from his back. That scene must have been a pain in the dick to set up. She hid in the eel closet. <laughs> sea snacks. Sea snacks. That's me in the corner. Oh. It looked like that. That's what that looked like, that photo. See, this is awful, but I also kind of feel like it's it's kind of cliche as a serial killer backstory. Like, I feel like I have seen a lot of movies, you know, like if, oh my God, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Origins, it turns out he was from an abusive family. I mean, that it, this really does look like the, the Losing My Religion set. <laughs>
Look, something is predictably going wrong. I love this UI they've got where everything like flies in on hinges, <laughs> like folds in and pops out. We gotta make the computer look cool for the viewers. The animations are the most important of the user experience. So, did they like jump mines or something? Is that what I what I heard? Well, he he like somehow because this is a thing that apparently can happen. The killer has trapped J Lo in his mind. You, you I don't man, I don't know. I almost feel like that makes less sense than if you die in the dream, you die in real life. This comatose guy can suddenly take control of the simulation or whatever. What now, Vince Vaughn has to go in and save her? You know it. Except when you go in Vince Vaughn's mind, it's a big frat party. Great thing we set up this room for three suits. <laughs> and this one perfectly fits Vince Vaughn. Like it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, wiggle room in terms of sizing. No. No pelvic bulge. How many Twizzlers do you think it takes to make those suits? <laughs> Sitting in a suit full of, sh like, made of sugar. Oh, no. It's so sticky, 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 sticky. I'm just going to drape this ether-soaked rag over your face. We know you have no training in this whatsoever, so we're going to send you right in there. And if you fuck up in the slightest, <laughs> you're dead. You both die. <laughs>
It's not real, but you will die. But the stakes are the same. <laughs> Drugs are kicking in for this. Oh yeah! <laughs> Reboot! Yeah, right? I come from the net. Cities. <laughs> to this place. Mainframe. Evil brain. Evil brain. <laughs> I'd be hitting that eject button right there. I'd be like, nope. You know what? On second thought, maybe we should let a professional do this. It's too creepy. I can't do it. You think if they did this with like Tim Burton, it would just be all really normal inside his mind? It's <laughs> a good thought. So in seven days, we're all gonna die. Yeah. Eject. <laughs> I didn't realize going inside this guy's mind would be so irritating it's like a guy flashing a light in his face woke up in a puddle Sure looks great. That's pretty cool. Wonder where that wound up. That prop that was in this one movie for like 30 seconds. But they obviously like dropped a bit of money on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like the director or maybe even J-Lo has it in their house or something. Oh, it's the Evil Dead camera. Good thing we have four beds in the control. <laughs> 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 the rest of this movie is just them adding one person at a time until eventually everyone in that facility is plugged in Now this is a man who enjoys his work.
he's gonna go to go into a coma in his coma. <laughs> and then they're gonna have to send J Lo and Vince into that dream. <laughs> Is that the cube that Zod and his friends are trapped in? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Phantom Zone! <laughs> Hey kid, what's with the ghost cube? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have nightmares about this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Just looking at everything like, ugh. In a world where everything is in slow motion and all audio has reverb. <laughs> nah come on guys time's a wasting you can't get out of the suit gotta go back in we've got one day but how long does it take to get in and out of those suits all the time how much you put down in the basement
is she gonna go back in right away? I like how this is this big futuristic tech setup, but it still has a dot matrix printer printout. The surf and peacock nun. <laughs> Man, Vince Vaughn is flying off. We don't have we have like twenty minutes left in this movie. I think he only goes in the once, doesn't he? He really went in once and was like, "Screw this, never again." <laughs> She suddenly became a super hacker. That... And how can she do all this from inside the room without access to like their controls? Movie magic. Did you say booby magic? Booby magic. You know, I didn't, but I think that makes more sense. <laughs> okay, now this, this is like seven right here for sure. Oh, this yeah. is the end, right. the end of seven right here. choose how you want to appear oh. in the dream state. <laughs> now she's shining him in the face of the light. How do you like it? Don't shortchange the peacock. Pink penguin. <laughs> I feel like Jodorowsky was involved in this film. <laughs> Definitely got those vibes. Somebody turned on her Instagram filter. Like a frame. <laughs>
Man, Vincent D'Onofrio gets so many awesome outfits in this. to that approximate area, but... Over there! They only have three shots, that's why she had to throw it away. <laughs> you can never reload them. They're garbage. Ow! Oh! 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 Atomic purple nurple. Beat him up, just like his daddy. Yeah. I just keep thinking of this as Cartman's hand. <laughs> so like when they get there and the door is locked. What the heck? Well, now that he wants it, I can't. How did he hear that over the sound of the helicopter? 
Yeah, that that's yeah, obvious. That's <laughs> I am a police officer. I said, I am a police. Did you hear me? <laughs> this is an illegal tank of water. Please disperse. Of this, a tank of water immediately. Kind of surprised it broke that easily. Wherein the water washes over the room full of electronics and she's like a dude to death. Well, she's still in the box. He's electrocuted to death. <laughs> His brain's gonna start collapsing and she'll have to just run out of a time. <laughs> in slow motion. And that's how we do capital punishment in the future, I guess? <laughs> I guess so. Just to be clear, though, she no. has no idea that the girl's been found or that they had any clue as to where she was. So yeah. she just killed them thinking, that's it. Yeah. And not only that, but the thing that tipped off Vince Vaughn, like the clue that... that led him to finding her he didn't need the dream because he saw that same symbol on the guy's equipment that's true he true. literally had that clue since the beginning and it wasn't even a subtle one they looked at it and they're like oh weird symbol Ah, and he wasn't even an original serial killer. He ripped off all his ideas from classic pieces of art.
Here we go. Follow up with the coma boy. The Lucille boy. Think you're in a dream. Like maybe why not a actual body of water? It's actually really pretty though. It is very pretty. The end! Oh my gosh! Oh my god, how did your son end up in a coma? Well, you see, he was slapped by a seal. <laughs> slapped with a seal. Um, wow, that was really something to revisit. I, and you know what? I feel like my opinion hasn't actually changed from what I remembered. The Obviously, the imagery is really wild and something to behold. But uh, all the stuff around it... Some of it I felt like they could have they could have trimmed that down significantly. Like, you know, I said it before, but we came to see all that really crazy stuff. Uh making us wait like 40 minutes before we get to it. I I, I don't know if we needed to wait that long. Man, what you... those sets were so intense that like that was probably all they could do without absolutely killing themselves. Uh oh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, what did you think, Pinchy? How long it had been since you last saw this? So, I give it at least six and three-quarter nipple piercings out of... How do you have a three-quarter nipple piercing? Out of four and a half. I think we saw exactly how with uh, J-Lo and Vincent yeah. Monfrio there at the end. That's true enough, true enough. And uh, I assume the super silver haze held up as it always does. It did. It, you know, it, it delivers on it what it's out. good at. <laughs> well, my blue dream was great. And it occurs to me now, like, hey, I couldn't have picked a better strain, right? Blue dream for the, the dream melding movie. What was your rating of it? Uh, of the movie? You know, I'm going to have to mull this one over. It was like, uh, it's like maybe a three out of five. Okay. Yeah. It's all for the imagery. I felt like the, the mortar between the bricks was not as strong. Yeah, on second, yeah, watching it way later, no. The mortar between the bricks was definitely not as strong. It still looks great. Still looks really cool. Yeah, no, it was still pretty cool. I don't know. You know, I give it yeah. six surreal nipple piercings. What were you going to say? I mean, when you saw this in a theater when it came out, like you didn't leave thinking about all the plot holes yeah exactly you really just left thinking about all that cool stuff yeah some great costume design some great set design very atmospheric definitely delivered all of that for sure all right well i think we can draw this meeting to a close Thank you for listening to the Devil's Lettuce Film Society. As always, use responsibly and don't go into the mind of a serial killer. Probably not. Don't do it if you want to not.